Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee and tea table podcast dedicated to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Nick, I use he-him pronouns, and this week I'm going to take y'all on a dungeon dive. A dungeon is what we in the tabletop role-playing community uh, affectionately call an area that players will adventure in. A place where they might encounter fearsome monsters, intriguing characters, perhaps find some treasure, dodge some traps, and most importantly write their story. Now, today, we'll be building up an entire town by the name of Splinterhold. Splinterhold will fit perfectly within any alpine or mountainous region, and in fact, was created in conjunction with another dungeon we've done on this podcast, Frostblood Pass, as Splinterhold straddles the Frostblood River. Now, you can feel absolutely free and welcome to use Splinterhold in your own games. I would suggest getting out some blank paper and something to doodle with to follow along as we detail this town. Now, the first half, we're going to take it nice and easy and build up Splinterhold, see all the sights and sounds of this wonderful mountain town. But when we've got everything placed just right, we'll have a walk through the finished region ourselves. And perhaps you'll uncover all the mysteries and secrets that reside and hide in Splinterhold. Splinterhold is a rather large town, an old town, that is bisected by the Frostblood River. The town straddles the river here in a spot where the Frostblood narrows somewhat. Splinterhold sits upon the Maple Road so named for all of the sap-bearing trees that line the causeway between the mountains. The valleys here are dotted with free towns, towns that may be claimed by other nations on the very edges of their borders, but in truth and reality, these towns are fiercely independent and have loose affiliations with each other, tied together solely by trade. Now, Splinterhold is a town of several districts or boroughs or wards, however you'd like to phrase it. We're going to look at about six or seven distinct neighborhoods of Splinterhold and think about what could possibly go in here for our adventurers. Coming up the Maple Road, you enter the gate market of Splinterhold. Here is where we can place a large town square. Not necessarily a town center, as this will be at the front of, the, of Splinterhold. But here we have statues commemorating old heroes or perhaps old frontier legends, the founders of the town. Surrounding the square are the homes of the wealthy. Splinterhold may not necessarily have a noble class amongst its citizenry, but it certainly has its wealthy merchants and tradesmen, 
It's town council members who have managed to accrue some wealth and get themselves the best real estate in town. And this presents Splinterhold with a rather nice facade as you enter the town. These large homes, distinguished not necessarily by their decoration, but by the quality of the materials and construction. Several of these homes are multiple stories. And inside, we have an opportunity for intrigue and mystery. Perhaps the adventurers have heard rumors in the local taverns of a wealthy merchant's missing family member, or perhaps a deal gone wrong. There is a small criminal element in Splinterhold, and an enterprising game master might connect that criminal element with some of the more supposedly stainless gentry of Splinterhold. Moving on from the gate market, there are several small stores and craft works. However, we're going to focus on what is likely going to be the starting point for many an adventure, the Wobbly Wheel. The Wobbly Wheel is a somewhat unassuming two-story tavern. However, attention is brought directly to this building because bolted to the side of this wooden structure is a massive water wheel. Inside, adventurers will find a very cozy tavern that seems to be a favorite spot amongst the locals because the Wobbly Wheel is owned and operated by a very, very enthusiastic kobold named Maffy. Maffy rolled that wheel down the street from the old water mill himself and bolted it onto the side of this building, which he won the deed to in a bet. Maffy has only ever wanted to serve customers and meet new friends, and the Wobbly Wheel has been the opportunity of a lifetime. It is his pride and joy. In many campaigns I run, Maffy will become a hero of the town when the townsfolk need refuge from attacking giants. The Wobbly Wheel will become one of the only standing taverns left, and Maffy will delightedly house everyone free of charge, for which he will be handsomely rewarded and meddled by either the town council, the mayor, or, in my campaigns, the governor of Splinterhold. Moving on from the Wobbly Wheel, just up the road we find Hold Hall, a massive wooden structure shaped somewhat like an amphitheater. This hall is an old holdover from the early days of Splinterhold. This is where the town council meets. This is where the town guardsmen will be assembled when needed. And this is where the governor of the region will be hosted and hold office. Hold Hall is a daunting structure in an otherwise fairly unassuming town. However, it is often empty, and one could swear they hear echoes of old mysteries and adventures when standing alone in this large domed building. Moving north from Hold Hall, we come to the first of two bridges in Splinterhold connecting the east and west sides of the town. This is Centennial Bridge, 
And while it was commissioned in honor of, presumably, 100 years of Splinter Hold's founding, it has been more than 100 years since Splinter Hold was founded. As such, this bridge, though loftily named, does not quite hold up to its nomenclature. This bridge is primarily a wooden structure with stone foundations that have seen better days. Centennial Bridge is not as often used as its cousin down the way, Fisherman's Bridge. However, locals use this to travel between the Gate Market and our next neighborhood, Broken Bows. Broken Bows is essentially a middle-class suburb of Splinterhold. Broken Bows gets its name from the many trees that encroach onto the town. No matter how often this part of the forest is cleared away, it always seems to grow back rather quickly. Now beyond the mystery of this oddly regenerative portion of the forest, this neighborhood is fairly quiet. This is a place that adventurers can easily find rest or perhaps even find some real estate of their own should their rewards be great enough. Moving on from Broken Bows, we arrive in Old Stones. Old Stones is, as its name would imply, the oldest neighborhood of Splinterhold. Old Stones is the origin of Splinterhold, and as such, is inhabited by many families that can trace their lineage back to the original days of mining in the frontier here in these mountains. Splinterhold is primarily a logging and fishing town. However, back in its days of origin, families came out this way in the shadow of Fang Glass Peak to mine the rich ore that must be held within these old mountains. However, as legends go, the miners met with disaster. These mountains were not uninhabited, and their treasures were fiercely guarded. As such, they settled down in the midst of a dense forest which made for prime lumber operations. There are many towns in the valleys here of these mountains, and every town needs building materials. So Splinterhold made its fortune in its forest. These early founders not only had the flexibility and adaptability to shift their economic activity and trade, but also the remarkable foresight to begin replanting efforts as Splinterhold would be rich in lumber resources for generations to come. Now the Frostblood River has also provided plenty of economic opportunity as it is laden with fish. And the wardens of Splinterhold monitor the salmon activity very closely as to keep populations high and the fishing trade flowing. Now Old Stones is not detailed as the origin of Splinterhold for simple color. In my campaigns, Old Stones is primarily inhabited by Dwarvish and Goblin families, folk who come from the mountains before modernity and the diversification of many populations. While Splinterhold is a rather eclectic place now, the families of Old Stones trace their lineage back to those original miners and mountain folk. This is important because 
One adventure hook I use often in Splinter Hold is the presence of a Bargeist. A Bargeist is a cursed goblin who transforms into a horrifying wolf creature that is compelled to eat and consume the souls of 17 other goblins. This creature makes for a tense and mysterious and thrilling campaign. And by including a neighborhood that has a high population of goblins, you may clue your players in to where the location of this Bardagest might be, or where the Bardagest itself may find its victims. Now, of course, Splinter Hold can be used in any TTRPG setting, but if you are going the more traditional routes, Feel free to use that campaign hook. Moving on from Old Stones, we have the neighborhood of Quarry. This neighborhood is somewhat different from the rest of the town in that the structures here feature a lot of stonework. Quarry is also the site for another adventure hook. Splinterhold makes for a great site of a giant attack. Giants coming down from the mountains raiding the town and throwing boulders into this densely populated and built area. It makes for a scene of frantic destruction as the players scurry about trying to save as many folk as they can while simultaneously determining where these boulders are coming from. <laughs> as such, Quarry is often the site of a fair amount of destruction in my campaigns. But perhaps in your story, Quarry will be a little quieter and experience a peaceful time. Now, a store of note here in Quarry is Kinder's Kiln. Kinder is a master craftswoman. She also has a fair amount of magical ability and can take commissions for enchanting armor and weapons. Kinder's Kiln is a one-stop shop for adventurers in Splinter Hold who need to equip themselves before venturing out into the dangerous wilderness beyond the town. Kinder's Kiln leads us down to the second bridge in Splinter Hold. Fisherman's Bridge. This bridge is much more modern and updated and maintained. This is a wide stone and wood structure that is the primary transportation across each side of town. On either side of Fisherman's Bridge, we have the Salmon Wharf, a rather busy collection of docks that features some rowdy taverns as well as the primary trade hub for the town. Across from Salmon Wharf is Scale Town. Scale Town is the blue-collar neighborhood of Splinterhold. This is where many of the fishermen and loggers live. Scale Town is also home to the Bear's Den, a somewhat disreputable inn and tavern that is often the site of illegal activity. The Bear's Den is a prime location for adventurers to head towards if they need a connection to the underworld. Perhaps the players need to enlist the help of an illegal fur trapper who knows the secret paths through the wilderness beyond Splinterhold. Speaking of, Scale Town is a starting point for the Folly Path, 
a path that leads into the wilderness beyond Splinter Hold. This is a perpendicular path to the Maple Road and only traveled by hunters and trappers. If one were to follow the Frostblood River in the Folly Path, they would come to Frostblood Pass, an area full of danger, mystery, and lore. But that's for another dungeon dive. You can find Frostblood Pass on our episode list. Leading away from Scaletown, we connect back to the Gate Market, and we have completed our circuit of Splinterhold. Splinterhold makes for the great starting point of many low-level adventures. Before we finish our build of Splinterhold, we'll detail some of these campaign hooks you can use to start adventures out of Splinterhold. As mentioned, Splinterhold is one of several towns in these mountain valleys, fiercely independent. As such, adventurers can seek work by guarding a caravan, a goodwill caravan, carrying food, medicine, supplies to other towns that maybe have been hit by natural disasters. Upon return from their mission, the caravan is attacked by yetis. If you want to expand upon that hook, the leader of the caravan, as a goodwill ambassador, is the child of either the mayor or the governor or otherwise leader of Splinterhold. And in the attack, they go missing. Adventurers who are sent to track down a shapeshifter such as the Bodegeist mentioned or perhaps another lycanthrope such as a werewolf will hunt this creature here in the sleepy town of Splinterhold under the falling snow in the cold, crisp nights. The wobbly wheel will be a prime site for scuttlebutt and rumors, gossip of happenings just beyond the town, legends and stories about the mysteries of Frostblood Pass and Fane Glass Peak just beyond. One such rumor is that a fortnight ago, a star fell somewhere out in the wilderness north of town, and rumor has it, Kinder is rather keen to get her hands on the material. One final hook for adventures in Splinterhold. Fishermen's nets are coming up empty, or perhaps they are coming up with dead fish, or perhaps fish otherwise afflicted by some inexplicable illness or magical effect. Adventurers are hired to investigate this ill omen. Now that we've explored a few different adventuring hooks for Splinterhold and we have the basic structure of this town built up, we're going to dive in ourselves and get a, a narrative feel for what it might be like adventuring in this frontier mountain logging and fishing town. So come along and don't forget your bewitching beverage and splendid snack because every adventurer needs their calories and coziness. Splinterhold lies before you, blanketed in bright snow. Steepled roofs atop sturdy log cabins line the dirt streets. An old town, thriving off the Frostblood River running straight through the middle. Massive timber logs are being gathered by drivers, pike poles rising and falling as each felled tree is sent down the river. The wharf is particularly busy today, 
a crowd of people bartering with the fishmongers. The Maple Road empties you out into the gate market, although there's no real gate as such, just an empty town square lined with massive houses and a statue of an unassuming goblin. You've done your research, though, and you know that each of those houses is a bastion of secrets and intrigue. There are threads here that you could pull, plenty of trouble to get into with under-the-table business deals, blackmail, and skullduggery, but you've not come to Splinterhold for such petty pursuits. No, there's a much more enticing rumor you're after, a bigger one. You're looking for the wobbly wheel, there are whispers of a dragon in Fangglass Peak, and the last ranger to go after that worm stayed at this popular tavern. If there are any clues to be had in pursuit of that dragon's lair, they'll be found at the Wobbly Wheel. The chill air carries a hint of trepidation upon it. There are concerns among the people here. Apparently, Several goblins have gone missing over the last few weeks, all from the neighborhood of Old Stones. Something about this tickles your memory. Missing goblins in the last town you traveled through before the mountains. Curious. The wobbly wheel is as advertised, filled to the brim with happy hunters, loggers, and fishermen. The owner, Maffy, is an affable sort and more than happy to divulge that ranger's plans. It would seem the ranger whose path you're following did indeed stay here, but left a month ago for Frostblood Pass and Fangglass Peak beyond. They never returned, and there are no towns between Splinterhold and the pass. Apparently, the governor's daughter is missing, something about her caravan being attacked. The town is all aflutter with theories and hopes that the favored child of the town will be returned safe and sound. You almost want to take this mission up. The reward and goodwill of the town would surely be great. But that dragon's lair is sure to be filled with untold treasures. You figure now is as good as ever to get a head start on the trail. If others were to glean what you're up to, hear the same rumors and scuttlebutt, they may seek to go after the dragon's treasure themselves. So, as night falls, you head out. The town is quiet at night, the noise of merrymaking in the taverns muffled by the snow. The clouds are scattered overhead, revealing a sea of stars and silver moonlight between. On the air, the smell of pine and sap, and oddly, the musk of damp fur. And that's when you notice it. A sliver of moonlight barely affords you a glimpse of a ragged pelt climbing upon the eaves of a two-story house. The creature, wolf-like but oddly proportioned, nudges open a window and sniffs the air. And that is when it turns its head to you. Well, there you have it, folks. The town of Splinterhold, ready and more than welcome to be used in any of your TTRPG settings. Thank you so much for coming along on this Dungeon Dive today, and please join us again for another episode of Delightful Dungeon Diving when we've got the whole crew together. You can find Delightful Dungeon Diving on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, all under the Delightful Dungeon Diving handle.
fucking up for everyone here, so no one else has to.